We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder Drew Gear. Be aggressive. You have literally nothing to lose. You're a borderline football team. If I don't keep laughing about this stuff, my teeth are going to turn around and devour my brain. The Bills make me wanna. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous week here in Buffalo, New York. God, what a time to be alive. I know, what would you say you do on a day like this? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm watching you vigorously shake. He's drinking a can of pineapple juice, people. I gotta go to work tonight, I can't drink, but... What, what do you do on a day like this? What does the what does drinking a can of straight pineapple juice have to do with you working, you maniac? Delicious, with added uh, vitamins A, C, and E. <laughs> I did get some vitamin D today. Were you were you roller? Oh, yeah. Oh my god. You know it, rollerblading. Folks, if any of you see Chris rollerblading shirtless by the waterfront, for the love of God, throw a stick in front of him. I, I, I will give you. I'll tell you this: for the first person who can video document that they've done it, I will, I will give you a gift certificate for a free cheese and pepperoni pizza or one-topping pizza of your choosing from Wise Guys Pizzeria. It's all yours. All you have to do is send me evidence that you threw a stick in front of Chris while he's rollerblading shirtless by the waterfront and tweet it at us at Rock Pile Report. That's it. That's all I ask. I'm not asking for much, I don't think. No, that's going to be a hard get because... Because uh, you're so good. Because you're such a good skater. I am a good skater. But if you are expecting to see me there on the weekends, no. I work all weekend, so... Monday afternoons, Tuesday afternoon. I like how he's just, he's giving yeah. away his schedule to people. Like, th- th- he's inviting it. He's yeah. asking for it. Tweet Man, at us, I'll give you my sketch. He's begging for it. People, don't let me down on this. <laughs> Folks, we have a fun little show for you tonight. Just something, this part of the season is one of my favorites because it's light. You just take a look back at things. There's nothing of any real consequence happening. I mean, Earlier this week, we released a show with Reed Ferguson, Catching Up with the Captain, where we just pick Reed's brains about all of this stuff that's going on with his summer and what's going on. And if you haven't heard it, go back and download it. But it's just funny hearing from a player how they're like this, 
the stuff about people not being at OTAs, that's literally the only thing the media has left to talk about. Yeah. That's it. Everything else, it's just up for grabs. And so with that, you kind of look around and you say to yourself, what is worth talking about? Well, I'll tell you something that I'll pour a little fresh whiskey over a little ice in my glass and celebrate, which is the end of the Julio Jones saga. The end of the Julio Jones saga. I'll tell you what. It came, first of all, it couldn't have come any faster for me. I was sick and tired of hearing about it. Now, for those of you who may have missed our last podcast, I talked about last week how this idea that had been brewing amongst Bills fans, I get it. I get the affinity for adding a wide receiver like Julio Jones. But some of you took this too far, or at least I think conflated what his value would be here. Now, Chris, seeing that he ended up in our conference, I mean... Is there any concern? Are you worried that he went to the Tennessee Titans? Not really. I mean, he didn't want to go to a uh, contender. I think he also said quarterback with a big arm, which who he could throw, who could throw Mahomes, the ball downfield. Let him Mahomes, Allen, Tannehill. You know Ryan Tannehill, that guy who fits all of the. <laughs> <laughs> Any concern about Julio Jones being on the Titans, given that he's on the Bills sketch? No. Nor should there be. be I saw somebody, oh, well, now the Bills are going to have to play him. No kidding. You were going to have to play him anyway. We play Atlanta week 14, or did everyone forget about that? What is it, week 15? Something like that, towards the end of the season. I think it's our second to last home game, so it may in fact be. No, it's week 17. What used to be the regular end of the regular season. Wouldn't it be... Um, so nothing's different. And in fact, I'd say arguably he's playing with a worse quarterback. Not only that, let's talk about how their offense revolves around Tannehill throwing the ball. <laughs> right? All the, you know, he's the one throwing 30 to 40 times a game. I'll tell you what, it makes sense for Tennessee, to be honest. Because if you think about what they lost this offseason, they lost Corey Davis to the Jets. He was their a big outside wide receiver who did a great job when targeted off play action. I mean, the numbers bear that out and the statistics do. They lost Jonu Smith, who was this Swiss Army knife for their offense over the course of the last two seasons. They lose him in free agency. Your play action game, they lost, what was it? We went back and we said, okay, they had A.J. Brown still on the roster. And then they lost number two, three, and four, and five in terms of targets on their offense. You had to replace that somehow. And they figure they can get that out of Julio Jones, but still, that's one player. I don't know that he can make up for all of the things their offense lost. And... With that said, sure, okay, him and A.J. Brown are going to be a great pair of wide receivers for a good quarterback who can run a ton of play action. You know what Julio Jones can't do? Play defense. Uh, He doesn't play cornerback. He uh, doesn't play defensive line. So he can't stop uh, wide receivers from running wild to their secondary. He can't stop uh, running backs from picking up first downs. Just by punching him in the mouth? Nope, and he can't throw the ball to himself? Yeah. So, who's really worried about that? I mean, if anything, one of the things I'm most annoyed about is Bill's fans' reactions to it. Now, I was talking with Ryan Lasel, uh, Bill's TV show host for the Rock Sports Network, 
after the signing, and he said something that I've been thinking a lot about ever since, just in the run-up to this conversation. He said, at that price, which was a second-round pick and change, I need to know that the Bills were in on this trade. I need to. And that bothers me. That line of thinking bothers me. He made many of the same arguments in favor of the acquisition that I essentially took a dump all over last week, adding that the Bills aren't any better right now than the Bills were last year, and that the team should be doing whatever it takes to win a Super Bowl right now. Now, if you think back to our conversation last week with Brandon Seclary from Game On, where I talked about how, just from a target standpoint, adding a guy like him to what we already have, I don't know what the value is. Who are you shortchanging in order to, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, plus Brandon said there's only got one ball. Yeah, that's it. Diggs is going to need the ball. Beasley going to need the ball. Is everybody going to be thrilled about the idea that, hey, and I get this idea as fans, you sit back and you go, well, they could share. You know, one week he's the guy, the next week this guy gets to be the guy, and it works. You're right. If you're playing Madden, that works. This isn't Madden. These are human beings with real emotions. And you saw what happened to Stephon Diggs when they gave him a big contract in, in, in Minnesota and said, hey, we want you to be a focal point of our attack. And by focal point, they meant decoy. Because whenever he was double covered, they just went somewhere else with the ball and then instituted a run-heavy game plan. And you saw what it did to that relationship. These people are human beings, right? They want to win football games, but also you don't get to play at the level they are without an ego. You have to have one. And so with that in mind, what what are you going to throw Julio Jones in? Who are you shortchanging in terms of targets? I broke it all down. And then I heard the same thing, the Doug Peterson thing. You know, I, I bring that argument up constantly. NFL GMs and coaches know damn well that if they rock the ball, hey, we'll sell out and win a Super Bowl in one season. It's not going to guarantee me a job in three years. Even if the fans like me, if our team sucks because we mortgaged our future to win that one ring, I'm not still going to be here. I have to keep this team competitive because that's what I get paid to do. That's, that's like a salesman, Chris, making one giant sale for his company. Giant sale. Biggest sale in company history. It's like Dwight Schrute landing the Scranton White Pages, right? Yep. And then just not selling anything for two years. How long do you think it would take for that guy to get fired? A year. A year. That's the reality that I don't think fans want to confront, that this is a what-do-you-do-for-me-now league, and you can't think about things in terms of what that one Super Bowl or that one title or that one ring means to you individually. That happens on the collegiate level. I remember Gene Chiswick. He won the NCAA title, Auburn over Oregon, and then I think... The him did, and Scam Newton. Yeah, sure. I mean, they did win, but I think he played... He did the following season, and then he paid after... paid a lot of money for it, too. Yeah, and then after that season, he got fired. Of I mean, course so he this, did. This kind of thing will happen at every level. So that's exactly it. So I, I even reminded him of that example. He remained insistent that he's correct and he's fine to see things like that. And it's what most fans of this team probably think and probably do think in the wake of this. I stand by every single argument in our show that I made last week. And I, for one, Chris, raise your stupid pineapple glass. I drank it all. Oh, my God. What are you in a race to get all the vitamin C? Are you trying to just take it all? Leave none for anybody else? Well, there's also vitamin A and E. So... But it's only it's only six ounces. It'd be funny to see you get rickets. Like now that I'm thinking about vitamin C, like hey, you got scurvy. Sounds like a challenge. I love a good challenge. <laughs> oh 
my god, are you trying to rollerblade? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bowling. People, I'm sorry. I just, it's, oh, God. What I'll say is that I stand by every argument that I made in our show last week, and that I, I'm i relieved to see that the Buffalo Bills stood fast with that, with that cap space and didn't allocate it to fixing a problem we don't have. Instead, we get to go out and... I, the more I think about it, Brandon hit the nail on the head. Brandon Seclary, host of Encore, Game On Sports host, he said, hold on to that cash. Use it like, like it's like a credit card. You just get it in your back pocket, you have it, or it's, it's like store credit is what it is. You just wait, and you wait until something comes up that catches your eye that you want, and then you cash it in for that thing. Yeah, like a CB2. <laughs> That's it. A nice or a surprise cut that happens mid training camp. These teams, the way oper- the way things operate now, nobody ever gets released straight to the market. The team uses the agents and uses the local media to float the concept that the player is going to get cut. Then teams will co- not wanting to get into a bidding war will contact that team and try to negotiate a trade. Therefore, they don't have to actually cut them, and in the process, they get something in return rather than releasing players for nothing. That's the way the league has worked the last four or five years. With that in mind, the Bills can all of a sudden become players in that market because we have this cap space in our back pocket. And there are some positions, as we laid out last week, that the Bills might be keen to look into. All I know is I'm content that we never have to hear about Julio Jones. Again, at least not until the run-up to the the week we play them. So with that in mind, again, it's it's a gorgeous week out. We're just thinking about optimism and things being better and what's coming around the corner. I always like to check in and pick the brain and kind of give our platform, use our platform to give this guest an opportunity to talk about the stuff that he has coming up and just things he does here in the local community. Uh... I'm, I'm glad that he takes time out of his busy schedule to join us every now and again. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And so joining us this evening, every Bills fan's favorite philanthropist, philanthropist Mr. Del Reed. Del, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. It's been a course. while. Thanks for coming. It has been a while. In fact, it's funny to see that you're getting more and more into podcasting. I've been listening to your appearances over there with Pat Moran over at Talking Buffalo. It's great stuff. I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So... 
I wanted to talk to you about this because you guys really just kind of kicked off. I, a whole bunch of stuff I want to cover with you, but I want to keep you for too long because I know you're a busy man. A new brick-and-mortar location for 26 shirts. This is – when I heard the announcement, I was kind of shocked. Now that you're a week or two into its operation, how are things going over there? Great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We actually get to meet our customers face-to-face, which is something we – I even hate the term customer. I think most people heard me go on and on on podcasts in the past about how I hate it because I, I consider people that want to give us money for the shirts we make and then help us give money to others or more partners. But anyways, we get to meet our partners, you know, face-to-face. And uh, it's a really it's really nice. You can connect a little bit more because Twenty Six Church is more so about community than it is about like just printing T shirts and sending them out to people. So it's nice to like deepen that community connection. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's huge when it comes to what you guys are doing and what you guys have built over there at Twenty Six Shirts. It's so. Where is the shop located? It's in the same building we've always been in. We're in the TriMain Center on Main and Jewett in the city. And people would always kind of wander in and find us because they, you know, you know, they would reverse engineer their the mailing address that we would send them shirts and they'd come to the office. And it was, you know, just a cluttered space where we were shipping stuff. And uh, it was always like, oh, hi, yeah, come on in. So now it's a little bit more deliberate, you know. <laughs> and right now we're only open like 10 to 4 on weekdays. But I think as the season approaches, we're considering, you know, opening it up a little more so for, especially for people that come in from out of town. We really want to encourage them to, make 26 shirts a stop, you know, while they're in Buffalo to, you know, do the team play. Well, absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk a little bit about that, because we I know that we have dozens of out-of-town fans who are coming to Bill's games this year who listen to this show. I want to encourage you guys while you're in town. You love this 26 shirts. So do we. Make a point of stopping down there and checking out the new space. I Now, I hear tell that, I mean, because obviously you guys have all your current designs. You've got some previous stuff. I hear that the big blue water tower shirt might be making a comeback here, huh? It might. It might. Maybe on June 15th. I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing out random dates. But, yeah, maybe on June 16th it'll get re-released. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> I can't. My, my wife has been searching for this since when we first started dating. She mentioned it to me, and that was six years ago. She brought it up and said, I'm looking for this shirt and I can never find it anywhere. And I was like, I will make it a point of mine to try to track this thing down for you. So I'm going to mark that down on the calendar just in case. We're going to keep an eye out for it. So Western yeah, New York, no, I thought- no, Western New York is getting right, back right. to normal. And things are, things are opening back up. Things are becoming, people are getting a sense of normalcy again. Fans are excited. I mean, that's where we're talking about all these people coming in from out of town. Fans are excited to get back to the stadium. You see people out in the community more, people out enjoying the the, I mean, the gorgeous weather we've had lately, but also the parks are back in full swing. First of all, from your vantage point and just being a resident here and seeing this all kind of unfold, how encouraging is it as, uh, as a sports fan, as a business owner here, to see this community kind of coming out of the horror show that was 2020. Oh, it's awesome. Just as a human, you know what I mean? It's, it's great to see the world coming back, you know, from where we were last year. Everything was so locked down and, you know, uh, just everything was so careful and, you know, uptight and understandably, you know, but it's, uh, it's nice for, to slowly relax a little bit, you know, and, and see businesses open and, and, you know, restaurants opening up later and being able to accommodate more people. And I think the world will always be a little different now since last year. I think there's some things that have 
been implemented that are never going to change or like stick around, but um, for good and for bad, <laughs> you know, it's a whole different conversation, but it's really, it's nice to see people out doing stuff and walking around on the weekend. It's great. So with it in mind, we're talking about, we mentioned a little bit at the top of the show that you've kind of gotten into podcasting lately. You've made a number of appearances over at Pat Moran's Talking Buffalo, which is another podcast that joined us on the Blue Wire Network. I mean, Chris, I feel like people come to us and ask us what our experience is. Do those count as assists? They should. We should see some type of <laughs> I mean, they count payment in hockey. for it. They, they, no, no. They count in hockey. I just want to go to them and be like, hey, guys, as long as we're keeping stats, just know that assists, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing our job over here. But in any event, Pat loves power ranking things. He likes power rankings, and he likes arguing about people's top five, top ten, top twenty. And I like the fact that you kind of started doing a segment over there called Dell's Fave Five. And so one of my questions to you is, your when you look at the 2021 Buffalo Bills schedule, you know, you're talking about having fans back in the stands, tailgating is going to be back in vogue. When you look at that the schedule through that lens, what are your favorite, the five games you're most looking forward to this season? First five home games. Honest <laughs> 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 to goodness. Like, that includes preseason. I know it's boring, but I cannot wait to go back to the stadium and watch the team play in person. I, I can't wait. So first five home games. I know it's kind of maybe a generic answer, but really, I just one through five is all getting back in the stadium and, and screaming my face off and really regretting it on Monday morning when I'm, I'm raspy. No, it, it really is one of those things that I my cousin just paid hundreds of dollars for her and her boyfriend. They're going to come into Buffalo. They're going to come from Massachusetts to Buffalo just to get a hotel, stay the weekend, all just to be a part of that opening day. Because she said that she's positive that the energy in that place on that day is going to be unrivaled by anything that any of us have ever experienced inside of the Bill Stadium before. And you think it's probably a pretty yeah, fair estimate, I don't think right? She's wrong. I don't think she's wrong because every year, you know, the home opener is, is so anticipated and everybody looks forward to it so much. And, we didn't get a home opener last year. Uh, not in September, you know, some fans were able to go to that first playoff game, but, like, there was no true home opener last year. And it's like a holiday in Western New York, so I think she is 100% correct. Now, what do you think the return of, not just the return of people to the stadium, but the return of fans to, the return of fans and sports fans going out to bars, going out to restaurants, going out more, because I say this because you run a spot, I'll call it a sports apparel company. You sell sports-themed shirts. And I feel like the fact that people now have sports things to, to go attend, places they can go while they're wearing this. I mean, isn't this the, the return to football, the trickle-down effect that it has in this community? I mean, as a business owner here, can you speak to that a little bit and what you foresee it being? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, I think every business benefits when people can go out and actually, you know, participate. I mean, especially in the restaurant industry. I mean, we we saw so many, you know, different restaurants and diners and, and, and bars go out of business in the past year just because they couldn't they couldn't hack it. You know, and I don't mean that sounds the wrong way to put it. They just couldn't they couldn't do it. Their business was based on you know having in person clientele. So um, I think you know just having people back into the world, interacting with each other, being a community again. 
Um, I think that's good for the businesses. I think it's good for the, the people. We need community as humans. You know, we're not supposed to just be holed up, you know, in, in our in our home, only interacting with our immediate family or, or whomever, you know. Um, so I think, I think it's great, you know, just to... You know, the world has been so divided the past few years, and I think that if we can just get out and be around each other and love each other and hang out together and celebrate the things that we share in common, I think that um, it'll do everybody a lot of good. Oh, no, I totally agree with that because that's one of those things that I, I say all the time. You go to a Bills game, that sports, sports is usually this great unifier of people. Because you think yes. about it, the, pe- the people sitting next to you in the stands, I don't care about your political affiliation. I don't care what your various preferences are or your social beliefs. or how you just, You're just a person sitting next to me at a sporting event cheering on our team. And that's all I need. That's all I need to know about you. And we can enjoy each other's company in that way. And that's human. Like, it's part of the human experience. And I do think, to your point, that being deprived of that a little bit over the last year is really... It's done a number on just the mental health and the human psyche around, around this country and definitely in this area. So it, it's something of a godsend that we're getting back to football and getting to do this. And so in that way, I think your answer might be spot on. Those first five home games are going to be absolutely electric. I mean, I could even see a scenario where you lose one of those games and where, Chris, in the past, you've been around me when we lose a game and I'm miserable, right? Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things yeah. where you're just happy to be out there and in it again. You almost don't care how it ends up. You just want to be there to soak it all in. Almost. Almost. Yeah, you still want that W. You still want it. Well, Del, I know you got to go. It's been fun picking your brain. Why don't you? If you, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys have coming up over the next couple of weeks? And again, where people can find your new brick and mortar store, so that when people come in from out of town, when people here are getting back out and deciding, you know. I, I'm going out to bars to watch sports again. I need a cool shirt. Where they can go to find them? Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me on. I'm sorry that I, you know, couldn't stay long. I'm of course, kids around from place to place. Everything of course, today. Sir. But uh, yeah, no. So we're at 2495 Main Street in the city, the Tri Main Center, Suite 347. Uh, like I said earlier, right now our, our hours are limited, just Monday through Friday, 10 to 4. But as the season gets closer, I'm pretty sure we're going to expand those out. Um, and just as we get more comfortable with being you know, the retail operation and everything that we're doing. Um, I think that'll change. Del Reed, the godfather of Bill's Mafia, owner, 26 shirts. He's on Twitter, at Del Reed. Go follow him. And go to 26shirts.com and check up on all of their latest designs. I, what's your favorite 26 shirt? I I mean, I, could have, I have several, but off the top of my head, I like when they do the designs. They take a logo from something famous and then they spin it buffalo for example i have the 716 shirt which is a modified logo of 711 or the orchard park modifier of the jurassic park logoed shirt those are my favorite style of bill's shirts okay i'm a big fan of the uh the danzig inspired one like the Danzig album cover, that just is Buffalo with like the cattle skull type thing going on. I I'm like, to have to look that one up. I liked that. I also like the I like Reed I liked Reed's shirt, the Mr. Nice. I have that. I have that one. It's a pretty good one. Um, a couple of years ago they actually did a shirt as a fundraiser for a guy that was a coworker of mine who 
I mean, the guy was my age. He was 30 at the time I was 33. He was 34. And he was undergoing what should have been a routine heart valve surgery and just passed away on the table and left behind a wife pregnant with twin boys. And when they, when, when Dell, like somebody took it to Dell and he fast tracked because it was, it was a month and a half before Christmas. He actually fast tracked a design of an ugly Bill's Christmas sweater, chicken wings and, you know, the, the slices of pizza and Bill's logos or like standing buffaloes and stuff like that. It was an awesome design. And I remember everyone in my office had one on everybody. And it's just the amount of good that that does. I've gotten to see it firsthand, what the kind of good that this generates does for people. So I'm always willing to bring him on, pick his brain a little bit, have some fun conversation with him and let him use our platform to try to just try to promote because I love it. I love everything about it. And for you guys out of town, hopefully when you're in town, you can now check out his his store space. It's going to be great. I can't wait to get down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. But so as we were talking to Dell about favorite games on the schedule, because again, we're all in a good mood. I start looking at the schedule and I start getting optimistic and I start thinking about things. Now, I'm not going to sit here and do anything as pedantic as trying to pick wins and losses. But I started thinking about what were my favorite home and away games? Like what, what already am I excited about? Now, Chris is someone who's not going to be able to watch most of it. Well, how do you feel? That kind of sucks that I'm gonna have to have to work, but once I get some tenure at the job, I'll be able to take some Sundays off in future seasons and uh, be able to make some of the games. But okay, so you're f- the five. Let me ask you this: Now, are there any games just off the cuff that you know are probably gonna sting more than others that you're gonna miss? I would be the game against Atlanta for sure. Now, if you were to have me rank teams that I hate. The first one after everyone in our division is Atlanta. Now, is that just a product of you living there for so long? 100%. Now, is this because you had to deal with a lot of bandwagon fans? Oh, yeah. The be- like the best Falcons moment that I can that I can relive in my head. It, it might have been I forget the year, but they played I think it was home, a home playoff game against Green Bay. I don't know if you want to if you want to look that up. I, I, it might have been 2010, maybe two, nine, ten. It was right before they started to be like consistently good with Matt Ryan. But they played Green Bay in the playoffs. They got smoked by Green Bay. I think they lost something like 55 to 24. It wasn't even close. I went to our Bills bar, uh, Hudson Grill in Midtown Atlanta, to watch that game. And me and my, some of my friends from the Bills club, we were out there, packed, wall to wall, you could not move in the bar. And then by halftime, everybody had cleared out. It was a, go- it was a ghost town. Everybody left because everybody that was there to watch the Falcons were Fairweather fans. That's one, and it goes across all Atlanta sports, whether, whether it's the Braves the Falcons, the Hawks, the Thrashers when they had the Thrashers who never won a playoff game. So it was two, okay, so January 15th, 2011. This is a divisional playoff game though. Yeah. Okay. Huge. Divisional playoff game, January 15th, 2011. Falcons go up 7-nothing in the first quarter. 
In the second quarter, they get outscored 28-7. to Yeah. So you're down by 14 at halftime. Okay. Yeah. It's a playoff game. You maybe have time. They get outscored 14 nothing in the third. <laughs> yeah. So it's now 34 it's now 42 to 14. Yeah, bar's empty. Ghost town. <laughs> Ghost town. I mean, I if I had, if I could say anything it's that Bills fans, I don't know if like if I'm there at the bar, I've probably been asked to leave already. Yes, hundred percent. I don't. I don't know that I would leave voluntarily. I've probably been kicked out by now if the game's going that that poorly. But I also believe that I think that I don't think even like the, there's a lot of diehards who instead of leaving would just commiserate together and proceed to drown. They would proceed to drink the bar dry before they all just went home. Yeah, home to do what? Be miserable by yourself. Misery loves company. Yeah, that's one game I'm um, irritated that I'll be that I'll be missing. Are there any others that stick out as like this sucks that I can't watch this happen? Uh, well, I mean, as for like a road game, um, road game. Like I'll be able to watch the New Orleans game. I'm looking forward to that. Be- again, it's Thanksgiving, legitimately prime time. On like. Want to play Dallas, but I'm expecting a, a same style of game that we did against Dallas. Where, where we lose and then come back and win? I think that. Where we go down early and then make the other team look really good for like three drives. And then. Yeah, it might have been like. The, I, our quarterback just hits him with a shovel in the face. And yeah. that's the end. They just unravel. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward. I'll take it. I'm looking forward to the New Orleans primetime game. So where would that rank in your your like your five favorite games? I won't make it because see here I am, Chris. This is how petty I am. I want to hear you talk about all the things that make you sad just because of entertaining. Yeah, that would <laughs> I'm be like talk about all the games that suck, Chris. Talk about how sad you're going to be that you are going to miss most of the season. But yeah. so your five favorite games this season, since we're talking about this, what do you have for me? The uh, some others that I have is definitely going to be at Kansas City. Okay. Now, are you going to be able to watch that? Yeah, it's a Sunday night game. I will get off work, come home and shower, and then bring a bottle of liquor over and watch that game. I'm still irritated. The Pittsburgh game is definitely going to be one week one. And yeah, obvious reasons it's a home it's the home opener, but I still believe that that game should be on a Sunday night to complete the trifecta. The trilogy? Yeah. Just the... Yeah, that should be... A th- that should be. Th- opening week, Sunday Night Football. I mean, let's take a look here. Who is Sunday Night Football? Yeah, look up who's Sunday Night. 2021. That, I mean... Let's take a look. Sunday Night Football schedule 2021. The Pittsburgh... Bears at Rams. Oh, good. What a barn burner. Well, that, that's all going to be dependent if Justin Fields is the starter. But they can't flex, so it's already done. It's already set in stone that the Bears, the team that just got unceremoniously yeah. kicked. If that's Stafford and Dalton, that's going to be a little lopsided. But if it's Stafford and Fields, definitely going to be watchable. But I would have put, at some point in the season, I would have moved uh, Bills and Steelers to a, a Sunday night time slot just to complete the, the trilogy there. But you're going to get... 
Everybody that come to Pat Cleary was tweeting at us that he's going to try to come down from Canada for that game. So we if can teach bo- Mark Smith how to run bases. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, you know you got to have the got to have the Canadian the, borders open. I love the fact that our Canadian listeners trash my takes about softball being better than hockey. Listen, oh, yeah. look what you're going to say that you're you're predisposed to liking it. It's in your DNA. It's written into your genetic code that hockey is better than softball. I know that. Yeah, Pittsburgh's also... Also, Patrick Cleary, you said you're a 30-year veteran of softball. I'll say this to you, sir. I, I met you. I saw you. You don't look like Methuselah. You don't look like you're in your 60s, which to me sounds like you might have started playing, what, in your early 20s? Chris, isn't that supposed to be your athletic prime? Yeah. So that means that there was no fast pitch. There was no hard ball. No, no, this guy just went straight to slow pitch softball for 30 years. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was you. I just ended up there because I sucked at the other things. I at least gave him a try. Oh, so you're mean, meaning that you're less athletic than I am. Hey, we're, we're re- listen. Hey, look, you, you just bag on me playing roller hockey, and the only thing you... You attack is what I have on my feet, not the fact that I'm skillful at what I do and that I'm second on my team in points. You're welcome. But in any event, Pittsburgh, three hours away. Okay. We're going to get fans up from Pittsburgh. You know, it, it, it might as well almost be like a split stadium. Like, what do you see when you when you see, like, Texas and Oklahoma on a Saturday? <laughs> That's how they should do it with Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Just one half the stadium, black and gold, and the other half. Uh, Mandatory seating. Yeah. Nah, we, yeah, it, it's that's going to be like, like I was talking about with Dell. That's going to be a game. That game is going to be the release of a lot for a lot of fans. The other one, the other games that I'll be looking forward to, because uh, for anybody that you know, where it does not matter where you live, if you see a burning car on the <laughs> side of the road, you're going to slow down and take a look. You know. You're going to start causing traffic. You see a traffic accident. You're talking about rubbernecking? Yeah, you're just going to, like, you know, even if you're in traffic and you're coming up on an accident, you know, you don't want to just, you don't just blow, you still idle through it and you're looking at that car accident. So with that said, the Houston game, that's something I'm going to be looking forward to. The return of Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. The return of Tyrod Taylor to Buffalo, New York with David Culley. You know, that inspirational genius head coach, David Culley. Yeah, that could be just like a Can game. Can you imagine what happens if he proves everybody wrong and that team goes like 3-3 three and three to start the season? He Then he should be... <laughs> he, should, he's, he wins coach of the year by default. And next year, too. He he already won it in twenty twenty two. That's it. Yeah, but for just car like that could be a game that's over mid second quarter, and then I think another game that I'd be looking forward to. You know, I'm not counting any of the divisional games because, you know, we see that every year. A lot of these teams, you know, a handful of them we see every year. The teams that we also place with uh, within the conference. But the other game I'm going to look forward to is the the end of September, Washington. Return of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nah, that's actually week three. Yeah, end of September. Oh, end of September. I don't know why I thought you said end of the season. And I was no. like, is he, end of September. He's drunk on pineapple juice, apparently. Yeah, drunk on pine- pineapple juice. But yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick returning. I wish I could be there to uh, see that. 
that is going to be pretty cool. Like, I, I was kind of hoping we would get to see that. Like, in my mind last year, the way that Week 17 game would have gone if it's a perfect world would have been Miami comes, the Bills run up the score, bench their starters. Tua sucks, so he gets benched. Ryan Fitzpatrick steps to the helm, leads a valiant comeback, gets his team to the playoffs, and gets to enjoy because he's the reason they're in the playoffs. They give him the start. And he gets to start his first career playoff game. To me, that was the dream scenario. Because the Bills had nothing to win or lose that week. Sounds like a real Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson kind of thing. Yeah. And then just circumstances robbed Fitzpatrick of that. Well, robbed everybody of that. Because the only thing that came came to fruition was Tua Tungviola coming to Buffalo and sucking like all Dolphins quarterbacks seem to do. But you don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick will be able to get Washington into the playoffs? Well, and, and that's what makes this game so interesting to me. And that's actually where, if we're going to pivot to my top six, because... Let's face it, I'm the host of the show. I can do what I want. Six pack. <laughs> it's a six pack. I picked six, three home and three away. Games that I was looking forward to the most. Just to try to say, like, on paper right now, pre-training camp, pre-everything. These games, pre-injuries, pre-preseason that probably wrecks some teams' years. You know, Chris, that always happens. Yeah. You have the team that goes out into the preseason and loses three of their starters in the first month before the actual season starts, and it just derails everything. Hope to God it's not us. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think that happened last year, at least for one player. San Francisco. Look at San, yeah, Francisco. San Francisco. Within the first month of football, their team was decimated. Yeah. It happens. I was going to say uh, Cleveland, I think, got decimated a little bit with injuries on the back end last year. And then everything they did in the draft, they got Greg Newsom. But then you also have Grant Delpit coming back, who was, I think, a first or second round pick last year, who, like, blew out his knee, I think. Yep. He had some season-ending surgery. He's like, oh, you forget that you have this great player from LSU, DBU. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely something that you got to keep an eye on. But so with it in mind, as I'm sitting here today and I'm looking at this, if I had to power rank... To steal the, I, I stole Pat Moran's guest. Now I'm going to steal his tropes. I'm going to power rank my three favorite home and away games. Start with number three as far as home games. Is it? Let me guess. Is it family day and a preseason so you can take Jack? No, but I'll say that's probably a three B. If it's not three A, it's three B. I'm going to take Jack. I'm going to take Jack to a preseason. The, the preseason game this year. I'm going to take Jack and I'm going to encourage Dan to bring his son. And the two of us are going to sit there with our kids in a Bill Stadium for the first time together and just be dads with kids. Dads with kids, sitting in the seats. You utter a cuss word around me, I'm going to yell it. No, I'm not. Because that's, Chris, is that, I feel like that's not just the pot calling the kettle black. I feel like I would burst into flames. I would kind of want to be at that game. Just just because I would love to see you push someone down the stairs while holding your son. Folks, that's never happened. That never will happen. I don't condone violence in it, the stands. It will happen at it some point. It will not. I've never and have in a decade. I have yet to put my hands on anybody in the seats. In fact, the closest to violence that ever came was a 
six foot five, 300 plus pound woman who was going to maul me like a bear if security didn't get involved. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was going to kill me. I had no idea. Oh, she was going to jack me up and there was nothing I was going to do about it. I had no idea Rosie O'Donnell came to a Bills game. (laughs) But so number three. 3A, we'll call it, because 3B, taking Jack to a preseason game. 3A, week 17, Atlanta at Buffalo. Here's why. Chris, their fans suck. We know that. We know it. You know it because you lived it. Mm-hmm. I know it because I had to listen to Matt Ryan go on Monday morning, Monday morning sports radio in the Atlanta market the morning after the Bills' wild upset victory. Yeah. No one thought the Bills had a shot of winning I did. that game. You had to drink a Seagram's. I had to drink a Seagram's because I didn't believe you. The Bills go down there, and we should have been at that game if it yeah. wasn't for my wife and her stupid friend getting married. Yep. <laughs> yep, we were going to go down for that game. <laughs> oh, my God. We were robbed of this experience. And yet, the Bills upset them. And Matt Ryan, one of the first things he talked about in at length was how, you know, in the first half, it was real loud in our stadium. Every time it was on third down, it got real loud in there. And they were like, what do you mean? He was like, well, there just wasn't, there was a lot of Bills fans. There was a lot of Bills fans there. And they were like, okay, well, what about the Atlanta fans? And he essentially alluded to the fact that they were all busy. You know, you build this multi-million, what, billion dollar stadium? With all all of the shopping experiences and a steakhouse and just all of this stuff in it. And then you're shocked your fans don't want to go sit in the seats. They're out in the concourse. Do you know what that does to your competitive balance? Yeah, I think Matt Ryan ended that conversation with uh, that Bills Mafia. I guess it's real. I guess it's real. Yeah, it is real. Yeah, it is real. You heard it all day. Why? Because we were louder than your fans in your own building because the people who paid money to go to the games are out shopping for knickknacks in your concourse. (laughs) That would never happen in our house. And so when they come here, not only will their fans not travel... No. Not only will they not travel north in the winter time. Correct. <laughs> so it's going to be a completely just blanket Buffalo Bills crowd. Plus, they haven't been here in like, what, 12 years? Because the last time they played Buffalo, air quotes, at home was, at to- home. was Toronto. And I remember being at a game just miserable. Just miserable. We lost in overtime. I was drunk. Yeah, that was eight Eight years ago, they played in Toronto, so it would have to be like eight years before that. So it's got to be almost like 16 years that Atlanta has been up here. I would have been like fresh out of high school at that point. Like 2004, 2005, you got to go back to maybe? Yeah. It's out of control. But what I do know is that game would be a romp because they're a team that will probably be out of it. With no fans in the building, it'll just be a celebration of the fact that the Bills are going to start resting their starters and coast into the playoffs. Number two, week number three, Washington at Buffalo. First of all, for everything we talked about when you brought it up, the return of Ryan Fitzpatrick, the fact that that's going to be a good football game. It's it's a, you know, people disregard, people... Bills fans, when I watch you people on social media, you're right, I'm out here. Chris and I may hate Twitter, and I'm going to burn that thing down when we're done. And Chris, do you give me permission to just turn our Twitter account into a funeral pyre when we're done with the show? 100%. Ah, scorched earth will never be allowed to come back. But with that said, I watch you all out here talking about who you think is tough and who you, what games you're looking forward to. Everyone's sleeping on Washington. 
that's a game. You think about what Washington's problem was last season. They had no quarterback. I mean, they had a, they had a quarterback who, what, Dwayne Haskins got cut in the middle of the season? Yeah, and then he signed with Pittsburgh. Yeah, he got cut in the middle of the year, your starting quarterback. Then you brought back Alex Smith, and he got he won you a handful of games. And then you went into the postseason with Taylor Heineke and almost beat the Super Bowl winning uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. That's how good that roster is, is that a guy like Taylor Heineke can almost lead you past the team that won a Super Bowl. Their defense is wildly underrated. They're my fantasy, they're my fantasy pick this year. Their division sucks, so they're going to have five really either four or five really easy games. Yeah, and they got Ron Rivera, head coach, and then their defensive line is very Just, underrated. I don't think they get talked about enough. No, not enough. And then you look at the playmakers they have on offense and throw in the fact that they now have maybe the most successful quarterback to take the helm. Shy of Alex Smith, who retired. Yeah. Do you, but, ha- do you have a guess? Last eight games, Buffalo and Washington, what our record is? In the oh, last- I think our record against them is really poor. Over the last eight games, oh, you're close. We're seven and one against Washington, and they're we're in, seven and one in the last eight meetings. We lost Jesus, in, lost uh, in 2015 to the at Washington. I think about the NFC East, and I feel like we just don't do well against them. Well, because of the Super Bowl, we lost to the Giants, now, the but, Cowboys, and but the, we've also like okay. So the reason now every year I do the polar plunge in a speedo, but the reason I did it initially was because I bet against the Giants. In the Chan Gailey era, mm-hmm. and Stephon Gilmore didn't tackle, and some guy ran like 55 yards for the game-winning touchdown. And I, I vaguely just, remember that. And I had to wear a speedo to the polar plunge, and the and it was one degree out. Yeah, sounds like I'll fun. never erase that from my memory. Yeah, and the I'm, Eagles game a few years ago, uh, two years ago, 2019, where they just mopped the floor with us. Yep. Okay, I I think back to multiple. Ugly losses again to, to Dallas. The Toronto, I think the Toronto loss to Dallas is forever cemented in my mind. So with that in with that in tow, I get where this is coming from in my head. I guess I just didn't realize we've beaten Washington that many times. Yeah, and another fun fact: since we're we are seven and one last eight meetings, Washington has not won in Buffalo since 1987. Good. That makes me feel. No, it doesn't fix the Super Bowl loss. Not at all. But the other thing I love about that game is that everyone is going to be there. I've got friends of mine who no longer have season tickets. Dads, family guys, who've decided that that's the game they want to see because it's the return of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they've already bought their tickets. Guess who they're coming to tailgate with? We've got, I'm sure, uh, Preston. The Washington fans from downtown yeah, Virginia. They might come up. I will. Be, it, it, I, boys, if you're out there listening to this, you got to come up. You have to. I, the buff, it's a Buffalo game. You get the Buffalo tailgate, plus you get your team for once, rather than watching a weird away game for somebody else. I think Kyle Trimble will be at that game, too. I Kyle his, Trimble's going to be at that his game? His dad's a Redskins fan. Yes. There's going to be so many people I know at that game, and they're all coming to tailgate, that that might actually be. I know the home opener is usually like the big tailgate of the year. That Washington game might be the biggest tailgate of the season. How wild is that? Yeah. Ah, I can't wait. And then, number one, 
on my power rankings of home games, it's got to be New England versus at Buffalo on Monday Night Football. And do you want to know why? Do you hate New England? No, because I'm still mad. I'm still mad that the last time we had, like the last time we did this, it was 2018. Josh Allen was injured. Do you remember who our quarterback was? Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Do you remember how long it was before we kicked a field goal? Easily into the third quarter. Yeah, you and your wife were already fighting. I was yep. hanging out with Super Mexican. Everything about the day was terrible, except for the except for the retirement of Bruce Smith's number. I still think it was Thurman. Was it Thurman? It was not. You sure about that? Call in if you know. Bruce Smith retirement. Jersey retirement ceremony. Jersey retirement. Week two matchup. Okay. Bills retire. I think it was Thurman because. No, it was Thurman. You are correct. Yeah. See, look, this is how much I hate this. Like that day, you saw me. I unraveled as a human being. Because this is two, like two years ago, right? The only way I because now that I'm thinking about it, they did that during a Jets game. I remember that because that was the that was like the week. It was like the home opener of the Rex Ryan season, and they had the Jets in town, and some big guy high fived me down the stairs. I remember hearing about that from you. Yeah, I only went with Thurman Thomas because if you're retiring jersey numbers. You would retire Bruce Smith's before you retire Thurman Thomas's. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So I stand corrected. Either way, that game was an abomination. Their players took liberties. They took cheap shots at us. They they, they knew they had us beat. They knew they were the better team. But our defense held their offense in check for most of the game. For most of the game. And at the same time, our offense was just so anemic, it couldn't do anything. So it was fitting to me that the next time around, McDermott would have said, hey, Chris, I almost feel like a part of this played into what happened the last time we played the the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Where McDermott goes, hey, remember what jackasses the Patriots were on Monday night the last time we played them, guys? Well, how about this? Let's just go hang one on them. It's into the third, and they can't seem to get past the 50-yard line. They keep punting. Great. Let's keep airing it out. Screw these guys. <laughs> let's, let's run it up, and let's, let's win one for everybody who's ever just had that just jerk-off experience playing the New England Patriots on primetime. Let's do it. And they hung a beating on them. And now the Patriots conceivably get to hold serve. And, hey, Chris, you would like to talk about trilogies. Yeah. This this is it. 2018, 2020, 2021. Three, cons- three Monday Night Football games. <sighs> I feel like... And I think that the schedule makers did a good job of putting it off to the like later part of the season. Because they need to know whether or not New England's going to be good. <laughs> I think that they gave New England enough run so that this matchup would have some gravitas. Because you think about what's at stake. If you put it too early in the season and Buffalo just comes out here and takes a shovel to New England, then that's it. Now all the hype about that team is dead. And you can't sell them as a ma- as like yeah. a watchable matchup for the rest of the year. 
Because you know that, hey, their quarterback sucks. I mean, what is it? They're, they're, just in OTAs, uh, Cam Newton hurts his hand. They put in Mac Jones. And they said that Jared Stidham was the most impressive of the three so far throughout OTAs. That's what I like to hear. That's amazing. Yeah, you better give them until November. And I can't wait for this because if it's a bloodletting, then Chris, I'm going to be, I might be willing to let some of my previous animosity towards the Patriots go. If this game, this is what I'm going to need. And that's why it's my number one. I need the Bills to go demolish the Patriots on Monday Night Football one more time. I enjoyed it so much last time and it did so much for me as a human being that if you go do it one more time, prove that McDermott can hold serve with Bill Belichick as a coach. Prove that Josh Allen is a better quarterback than I don't care who you go out and get in the free agent market. Don't bring me a rookie because our defense will do the same thing to a rookie that Belichick has been doing for years. If they take that game and hammer them, and by hammer, I don't mean win by 30. I mean win by 14, but have it never be in doubt who's the better football team. I'll forgive the Patriots for a lot. I'll give up a a considerable portion of my Patriots animus. I mean, Bill Belichick can still get it until he dies. I'll go troll his funeral in a Jets jersey just so they don't blame our fan base. (laughs) Like, that's how petty I am about this one individual. But I would let go of some of the hate that I have for for that team if we can go out there and hold serve one more time. And that's why it's my number one home game. Now, on the backside, the away games. Number three is Bills versus Kansas City. It's the lowest on this just because, Chris, we already know what's at stake in that game, right? I don't need it. It's important, and we get it, but I don't think we need to. The players know it's important. Yeah, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But the players know what it's about. We all know what it's about, and I feel like that horse has been beaten to death already. The Bills have to beat Kansas City. The Bills have to. We've heard it a million times. To me, as just a casual listener to radio and a casual social media browser of things, I feel like we're all putting too much weight on this. Like, I, I in fact, give a shout out. Jay Spence the King over at Buffalo Rumblings did an interview with Marcel Louis Jacques from ESPN. Go listen to it. Go listen to that if you need to feel any better about this or if you need to get over this energy that you might have about how... <laughs> No, Kansas City, we got to catch them. We got Folks, we're there. There is no gap. You talk to any of these players, there's no gap between us and Kansas City. They've seen it now. What happened was they came in wide-eyed and green and got punched in the mouth by a team that's gone to back-to-back Super Bowls. Now they've seen what it takes. And for people who go, oh, well, that's, it's easy to say. Yeah, it's also easy to say when Josh Allen and Sean McDermott both walk away from the podium in 2019 and say the same thing almost across the board. I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to come back better next year. And everyone said, okay, well, that's just lip service. And then in 2020, between our coaching and our quarterback, they came back more motivated than anybody had ever seen them and it paid dividends. So with that in mind, to hear that the whole roster now has gotten a good look at what it takes to be a champion, and they say, okay, if that's what it takes to go to a Super Bowl, we got it. We're confident that we are that football team. We just needed to know the level we needed. We needed to see it. We needed to feel that. Now we're ready to take the next step. Because, Chris, this entire thing has been about steps. Yeah, baby steps. The process has been about steps. 
And so to hear that conversation with Marcel and to hear that the players, their attitude is there is no more gap. We're here now. That team is on the same footing as we are. Let's go punch each other in the mouth and see who wins. I feel like it's it's a great game. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the it's not the best away game I'm looking forward to. My number two, Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Defending Super Bowl champions. You want to talk about a measuring stick game? Here's the team that just railroaded the team that throttled you. You want to talk about finding out who you are. You're going up against a Hall of Fame quarterback. A quarterback who has won every meeting with Sean McDermott in his career. Who beat Josh Allen the handful of times they played. You want to get to a title, that's the hurdle. Isn't it, Chris? Super Bowl champion bringing back all their players? Yeah. That's, to me, that's a much bigger... It doesn't mean anything in terms of our AFC, you know, AFC playoff standings or playoff tiebreakers and things like that. But to me, just emotionally and just mentally, for this football team, that's going to be a measuring stick game to figure out how do you, how, how great of a team do you think you actually are? Late in the season, probably when you're trying to drive to put the division away, you're going to need that game. It's going to be interesting. That That's one that I've got circled in red. And then... Buffalo at New Orleans on Thanksgiving. Because, Chris, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of the two days of the year that I'm not a complete to everybody. Okay? I, I take two days out of the year, and I'm just pleasant. I enjoy everyone. I try to be as civil as... Not even civil. I try to be... I'm bubbly. Like, that's the thing. It's not even an attempt to be civil. I'm bubbly to people. I just love that it's friends and it's family and it's football and it's drinking and it's you have the next day off work so nothing matters and you can just throw caution to the wind and enjoy the day for what it is. Now you put a Bills game in the middle of that atmosphere, that's a recipe for success every single time, isn't it? 100%, yeah. I just, I think that the makeup of New Orleans this year, I'm not scared of them. I mean, this year is going to be the referendum on whether Mickey Loomis can actually continue. I make the the analogy all the time that the NFL salary cap is like Dr. Claw and Mickey Loomis is Inspector Gadget. Somehow he stupidly keeps like he just keeps escaping it, just one year after another. Every time you think that, okay, this is it. The Saints have to take it in the shorts. He finds a way to escape justice from the NFL salary cap. And now... He had to shed over $100 million in salary in the last three months. And yet, they're going to field the football team. That This year is going to be a referendum on Mickey Loomis. If that team is bad, everyone's going to go, whoa, if they're a bad team, then I'm not really going to take much satisfaction from driving. No, I'm going to love every second of driving up the score on a Mickey Loomis football team, knowing that this is you taking your medicine, old man. The future is now. Yeah, we got to avenge that. What was that? Forty-seven to ten. I'll never forget with a streaker. That. I'll never forget. I was gone. I was gone by the time the streaker ran on the field. I left, and I said, "Listen, if I, 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 I can't watch any more of this. We got Duff's wings. We went and sat in the basement of my house in the bar and watched the game and eat Duff's wings. And all of a sudden, Dan Moros goes, "I think there's a naked guy on TV." And I looked. 
with a mouthful of chicken and almost choked to death. Like, it was hysterical. He goes, oh, because just for a second, you're like, whoop. And he goes, no, no, look, it's on social media. Naked guy. One of the funniest things I've seen in my life. But that's it. What about you guys? Your favorite, what do you think is going to be the best home and away experiences this year for Buffalo Bills fans? Tweet us at Rockbell Report. Whoever comes up with the best list, we'll send out a gift certificate to Wise Guys Pizzeria. Again, at Rockpile Report on Twitter, rockpileReport716 at gmail.com. Let us hear it. And thanks for joining this loose hang of a podcast because, Chris, we're in the dog days of summer now. Yeah, we got to come up with material to talk about. And we have plenty. We have plenty of stuff on tap. But this week, it was such a nice week. It's just nice to get to – I hate I'm, I hate that I'm about to say this. It's just nice to get to hang out with my buddy and talk a little football. Don't ever call me your buddy. <laughs> we got to get the hell out of here for tonight, folks. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That was Del Reed. And this has been your Rock Pop Report.